This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Tim Barley. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, welcome to another episode of the Behold podcast. And some of you who have been listening to this podcast from the beginning, I just want to congratulate you because this is your dirty 30 of <laughs> the Behold it. podcast. This is the 30th episode. Well, welcome, everybody. This is a big, I feel like this is a big milestone for us. Yeah, I don't know why. Grown, it just feels like. Growing up, everybody, we're, we're getting there. When, when, um, when it's your 30th wedding anniversary, what do you buy for your, your person? Isn't it every, like, every, it's like the silver, or do we know that? You should learn this before you get there, buddy. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, okay, so I'm Sean. You guys know that. This is Dan. And then we have the one and only, the esteemed, the magnificent, Timothy Vance Barley. Mm. What's up, ladies? And gentlemen. Oh, and ge- and oh gentlemen. boy. <laughs> Hello. Uh, he is single, guys. I'm just saying. Oh, that out there. my goodness. Okay, okay. So so I just I just looked it up. So f- for for year 30 in, in your wedding anniversary, you're sp- the traditional thing you get is pearl. But in recent years, in the modern years, it's switched to diamond. So, so wow. send, in, send us your pearls and diamonds, beholders. Inflation. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, on that note. Let's do a little quick check-in with you, with the gentlemen. What is going on this week with you both? Man, it's a big week for for the Gillette family. We had we had a wedding. Uh, so my sister Melinda. So those of you that don't know, I've got three sisters. A lot of you guys know Nicole. Um, which shout out, it's her birthday today. On this day that we are taping it, uh, it is uh, Wednesday, October fourteenth. So shout out to to Nicole if you're listening. We love you. We miss you. Uh, South Africa is too far away, and uh, but we're sending you our birthday love. And then tomorrow, actually, is Parker's birthday. He's turning nine, so my son, my oldest son. But anyway, so <clears throat> I've got three sisters. The middle of those three sisters, Melinda, got married, uh, you know, in, in Redwood City, Half Moon Bay. It was kind of a split wedding there uh, on Sunday, and I actually got to officiate the ceremony and it was just such a, a sweet time with mm. family and getting to meet some of her friends and their their friends is a couple that I haven't gotten a chance to meet. And it was just such a a beautiful, worshipful, fun, redemptive time. Uh, both Melinda and her um, her new husband Chris uh, are have you know were were divorced and they had kids on both sides and and so it was just this really cool like blending of, uh, of these two families. And it was just a, uh, a great picture of that. Our God is a God of second chances and that he can redeem anything. Um, even the most hopeless, broken, dark, you know, parts of our story, God is, uh, always looking for an opportunity to, um, to write new chapters and to, to redeem. And so it was just cool to be part of that. And, to um, really, I think a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about with our together series, I got to see a little picture of, you know, I feel like a Christian, godly, worshipful wedding is just a great picture of, of the unity and the love and the harmony and the growth that we've been talking about in this series. And so I got to see a little picture of that. It was just such a delight to be a part of. Love that. Love that. Uh, For me, a highlight without a question was our afternoon slash evening outdoor worship service at the Altamont campus in Livermore. And we really wanted to go out there and just love on those folks and let them love on us and be combined as a, you know, as a community, the the crossing campus in Pleasanton, Altamont campus in Livermore and, you know, perfect weather but much more, you know, significant than that was just the the vibe. I mean, just so much excitement 
you know, among the people there. Some of the folks from the Altamont showed up at 3.30, you know, two hours before the service. What can we do? What can we do? You know, how can we help? Just pitching in. And Love then it. literally from the from the first moment, you know, Mike Bongiorno, uh, you know, kind of welcomed us and kind of hosted the the service and then the music and the message and then the, the Sloan sharing their, their testimony. The Sloans are part of the Altamont campus. They're moving to Oregon and— and then the closing music, and I tell you, by the by the end of the service, I'm weeping. You know, mm. just just mm. such a, a wonderful opportunity to to sing and learn and share and just be in the same vicinity as everybody else. And it couldn't have been more more beautiful. And then, on top of that, there's a bunch of folks that are getting baptized in the next few weeks. I'm and so it's just, excited! Yeah, for that. man, it's just it's just a beautiful depiction of life in the body. <laughs> you know, just just happening in the midst of a pandemic. I love it. He's doing stuff. He's on the move. Yep. Love it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just want to echo that. Um, you know, we've done a lot of these outdoor services and, you know, Dan and Tim and myself, each of us, we, we've participated in not just attending, but like leading or serving in and the, the planning of services, like hundreds for each of us, hundreds and hundreds of church services. And, um, yeah, there's just those, those times where you really feel like, uh, unity with people who are there. You really feel just a closeness with the Holy spirit. Um, and that was one of those, one of those evenings for me. I just really felt blessed by the Lord and felt like he was really honored. Just a little little slice of heaven. Um, Hmm. and just, I was encouraged in that because, you know, sometimes I think people get into this mindset of like, Oh, there's a church service every week. There's so many of these, but I'm like, man, if, first of all, that was so encouraging for me, so uplifting, but also, like I said, this little slice of heaven, we're going to be doing this for all eternity together. It will never, never, Um, never get old. And so that was just one of those just refreshing, rejuvenating reminders of a service for me. So I was really encouraged. Um, And then also, you know, I'm going to say that's number two on the exciting list for (laughs) me this week, sadly, because... If you are a listener and you aren't on social media or you don't follow me or my beautiful wife, Patty Helch, then you might not have heard that we have been blessed with a uh, a child to be. So we're having a baby yeah. and we're super excited. Yep. Thanks, guys. Yeah, man. And that's There's coming. a bun in the uh, oven. Bun in the <laughs> oven. Um, and that's coming in April. So that's kind of in this season the main thing that God's using as an instrument to grow us, stretch us, teach us, uh, give us joy and all those good things. So we're really excited for that. Looking forward to a little Easter baby, little Easter and, redheaded Asian baby. It's and are you ready to like break the news on the gender? Cause I, I, I'm not ashamed to say I know, but, but I don't know if it's like, if the cat, if that cat is out of the bag yet. It is not out of the bag. <sighs> All right. Well, stay tuned, so, beholders, because maybe uh, in coming weeks he will reveal uh, said gender. Yeah. I'll be honest. We're not. So if you haven't seen it, go ahead and go to what my or Patty's Instagram or Facebook. You can watch the video that we'd made to to announce our baby. And we love doing that. Um, but really for the gender, we're not really, we're not going to do a big reveal or anything. We'll just tell our friends and family and you guys who listen, we just, uh, that's more of just news to share with our loved ones, not this big old thing. You, so. you guys don't want to like start a wildfire or anything? <laughs> I was thinking about fireworks in a field next to the Altamont, but I thought it'd be a bad idea. It's so. probably too soon to joke about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all that to say, a lot going on in all of our lives. And we know that for you guys listening, same with you. You guys have things going on that have been encouraging you, things that have been going on that have been just burdens on your hearts. And yeah, we just... We're grateful that you're using this time to listen in with us. And hopefully for either one of those scenarios, God uses it to equip you and and build you up um, in different ways. So that said, we're going to start talking about the Together series. And right now we're talking about Ephesians 4, which Charlie Ming led us through. And Dan, why don't you get us launched here into our discussion? The first thing that I think would be cool to talk about is these six terms that that Charlie said are used in this passage that all communicate this same idea of, uh, you know, the same process of growth. And he just did such a great job of unpacking those. And what I love about those terms is they're so descriptive. 
I think we can all even just close our eyes and just imagine that process in, in, in a variety of different scenarios and settings and then apply that to our life together in the body. And so I just thought it'd be cool if we went around and just shared which of those terms was most helpful for us on this topic of growth. Which of those terms described something for you or unlocked something for you that was just that helped you understand this concept a little bit better. So you guys want to go around and just share your favorite one? Yeah. Kick us off the damn. Oh, okay. Sure. I'll go first. Ooh, rebound. So if you're looking at the message notes, which you can always get even after the fact on vbc.online, but if you're looking at the message notes, I really liked number five, which he took from verse 13 and, and it's a, it's the measure of the stature. And the way he defined that is it's, you know, attaining a level or a standard and he he talked about kind of two analogies, this idea of like fruit being, you know, reaching the the point of ripeness. But then I also really liked his analogy of of like the silverback gorilla, you know, that um there is this process that that they go through of of maturation where, you know, you get to a certain point where you, your 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 responsibilities are different. The the activities you do are different. Um there's this certain level of progression that you've reached where you're kind of, um, I don't know, like I think another thing like in video games, like you've leveled up, you know, and you're kind of in this new place and, uh, oh, and for the, for the record, Charlie was, was grasping for what you call a group of, of gorillas. I looked it up. Do you, do you guys know what it is? It's a troop. A troop a of gorillas. Troop. Okay. So I, think, I think that's kind of cool. So anyway, so just, just, it helped me think about, you know, this, this, this journey that I'm on as a, as a man of God and, where, you know, where am I at in that process? And am I moving towards that place? Not, not of hierarchy, not, not to say that I'm better than anybody else, but just to say, man, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm not the same gorilla that I was, you know, two years ago or six months ago even. And so that was just a cool idea. And then ultimately what, what are we measuring that stature against? We're measuring it against the son of God, Jesus Christ. And so we'll never fully attain that. Um, but it's, it's, a uh, it gives us the, the direction that we're to head in. So I, I just love that measure of stature. So yeah, that, mm. that stuck with me. What about you guys? Um, yeah. So I really appreciated, uh, in verse 12, Charlie's explanation and just clarity for the term building up, you know, it says, um, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. And Charlie really paid close attention to that, that Greek word for building up, which disclaimer, not Greek, can't pronounce, but it's, it's oikodome. That's the word that's used for, for building. And really when they use that word, it's not a de- depiction of um, simply constructing something or simply it being raised up. You know, Charlie gave this analogy of like, if you had all the pieces you need for a house, the wood and the screws and the mm-hmm. drywall and the wire, and you put it in a box and shake it up, it's never going to be a house. You know, that'll never work. That'd be awesome if it were, I mean, if it were that easy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's more, it's more than just throwing the ingredients together, but really it's, 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 it's this intentional with thought and intention going into it like laying pieces and and building and constructing piece by piece, this being a house in this analogy, but we're talking about the body of Christ, about the church. And in that same way, I just love that picture of like, you know, it's not, it's not just us coming together, but there's really specific and intentional ways that God has made for us to be able to contribute towards the building up of our church family, building up of, of his people and, you know, just with that, there's all places throughout scripture where that, that imagery of, of building or a house is used. You know, I love the idea of, you know, the father's house built on living stones and just, it's really core to who we are, this idea of, of building each other up and equipping. But yeah, I just love Charlie's attention in that there's, it's not just, hey, let's encourage each other, but no, there are specific ways that each of us can be active in contributing to that process and serving uh, towards that purpose, you know, going back to the house thing, if we were going to build a house, you know, we went to the, if we go to the Baja builders trip in Mexico, or if we go to the Navajo reservation and build a house, each of us are going to have specific roles in that, you know, someone's going to be 
involved with framing and someone's going to be involved with drywall and someone's going to be involved in screws and all that kind of stuff. And kind of goes back to that discussion of, you know, some of us are hands and some of us are toes and eyes in the body of Christ, but all of us are necessary. And each of those things is necessary for us to use those giftings if we really want to do what God has intended for us in building up the body. So that was one that I really appreciated from uh, Charlie's explanation. That's great. Love it. What about you, Barley? Yeah. Well, uh, mine number number four on, on the list, uh, mature, and it, it, it it's kind of a trigger word for me. When, when I was a kid, the ultimate slam was when someone told you to grow up <laughs> totally. or to say, you're so Im- immature. Was, right? was that what you're? Oh, you're, totally. Okay. So yeah. that was like, that was like the ultimate, like, put down, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, once that, once I got told that a couple of times, I was like, I will never be told that again. Wow. No one will ever tell me that I need to grow up, you know, or that I'm so immature. And so I, I just began to, to look at what is it that that you know made someone say that about me? You know, mm-hmm. what did I do? What how did I respond to the situation? And then you know when I became a follower of Jesus, it, a whole new set of you know situations came up where I realized, okay, I am a child of God, and I'm supposed to own that, you know. And then to look at it corporately and to say we're all children of God, you know, we're all growing in our spiritual maturity became something I had to recognize and be okay with, you know, and that was, that was a, 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 a kind of a, a big moment for me when I understood, okay, so I, I'm, as I grow older as an individual man, I don't want anyone to ever tell me, grow up, you're so immature, but as a follower of Jesus, you know, I want people to continue to remind me, hey, you're constantly growing up and growing in your maturity. And I and I own that, you know, and I and I I I love the fact that I'm a child of God, you know, that I'm I'm a, a son of my heavenly Father and I'm constantly being refined and developed. And then when you look at the body of Christ, you're like, "Oh boy, we're all doing this at different levels because we're all at different stages." And so that one was a, a great reminder to me of how it's individual, it's corporate, and we've got to keep pouring into one another so that this can, like the, the definition Charlie said was, you know, mature has the connotation of progress, you know, that, that which has reached the set goal, and we will constantly be in the process of reaching that set goal. I love that. And it one of the things Charlie said that really stuck with me on that was just like, this is simple fact. Like we grow together. That's God's design. And we have to deprogram our individualistic minds sometimes because many of us think about growing up as being a, something we just have to do on our own, something we just kind of have to figure out on our own. And, but when it comes to our faith and when it comes to our role in the body of Christ, that is such a communal thing, and it's really something that we're supposed to do together. And what I love in that, you know, as you were sharing, Tim, is like there's a hope. Like we don't have to be the same people. We can progress. We can reach after these goals. And it's so hopeful, isn't it? It is. At the same time, you know, we. it's one thing to, to have your own regimen for growth, you know, and maturing. It's another thing when you're looking out for other people and trying to... How can I help them? Right. And all of us have those EGRs, you know, in our life that we're like, okay, you know, this is someone who's identified as an EGR. Do you guys know what that term is? Beholders? Extra grace required. Yes. So we all have those people. None of our listeners are EGRs. None none (laughs) of our beholders. Yeah. Absolutely This is the cream of the crop right here. Right. And so we need to say, okay, for whatever reason, this person is one of those EGRs in my life, but they're part of the body of Christ. They're part of my community. And so I'm going to just ask God for what I need to be able to communicate, interact, encourage. And this gets dicey with some people because some people get are, are, are sensitive, you know, and some people don't want to be invested in, you know, in ways that that kind of out them as needing more development. 
one of the other things that this brought to mind is I, I was involved in a ministry, and weekly we had a segment in our gathering that we called bodybuilding. And it was a highlight for me because the spotlight went off the band, went off the teacher, and it went on to the people. And the idea was everyone has a moment to share something during this past week that you want to bring before the others who are assembled here as a as a as a word of praise, you know, to God, as a as a word of you know uh, acknowledgement about something that God's been teaching you, and it was. It was amazing, and, and I tell you guys, I think that that is such an important uh, exercise for all of us to go through. Because I, I would, I would remember something from the past week and be so excited about coming to that portion of the. Oh, I can't wait to share. Like, exactly yeah. right, and sometimes yeah. I had to restrain myself because I realized, okay, I'm I'm saying something every week because I'm I'm constantly looking for it because I want to I want to acknowledge you know God I want to teach. Other people, hey, God is at work. Are our, 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 our radars, you know, functioning so that we pick up what He's doing, so that we can say, hey, look at how God is working in in the body. And it wasn't always about me. It was about, hey, this person brought up a prayer request, and look how God answered that prayer. And they're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's right, you know. Or someone would say, hey, there's a passage of scripture that I read Monday, and by Thursday I saw how it was being played out. So. That idea of bodybuilding, I think, is a great kind of personal test. If you were asked, you know, once a week to acknowledge some way that you have sensed God, the Holy Spirit moving, would you have anything to share or would you be like, I haven't been paying attention. I got nothing. Yeah, yeah. Which should never be the case for, for a believer ever. Totally. And that's why I think these groups that we have at VBC are so important because it not only now are we not meeting like we normally are in our two buildings with multiple services, hundreds of people all gathered together. Uh, But even when we are meeting in the outdoor settings, it's not really logistically like um, reasonable to have everybody share something from their week. We'd be there all night, you know, hopefully. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. But, but if we, in our discipleship one-on-one meetings, in our connect groups, in our groups that we're in the classes that we're taking, man, I think we need to come like loaded to those meetings, you know, and just being like, and really it's a way that we can hold each other accountable because growth is a community thing. It's something we do together. And so if I know that in my intern meeting, you know, on Wednesday afternoons, my interns are going to ask me, what's God been doing in your week? Then that is going to, I'm going to be tuned in a little differently than if no one's no one's asking me. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. And we need to have those, those some of us at least, need to have those questions almost pre-formulated, you know, in our, in our little tool bag, you know, so that when we have opportunity to interact, you know, opportunities to interact with one another, those kind of questions come up, not, not to call people out, but to just remind folks, hey, this should always be something that, that we are looking for an opportunity to, to communicate with one another, give God, giving God the glory and encouraging others at the same time. Man, that's so good. And <clears throat> yeah, it kind of like makes me think about just the state of people <laughs> these days, the state of men in particular, um, just thinking about the idea of, you know, mature manhood. You know, Tim, you, you mentioned your trigger word, uh, immature. For me, actually, and this has been this way for years, one of my trigger things is when someone will talk about age and equate that to maturity. Like, oh, you're so young. And I just sit there and I go, man, look around you. Your people's age clearly has less and less to do with how mature they are as we look around. And sadly, so many people that I know and love who are past the age of adolescence are not striving towards mature manhood. And so one thing, one of the things I love about what we're talking about right now in Ephesians 4 is that clearly in all these different aspects, we're seeing this idea that that Christian growth is active. It's active and it's intentional. It's not a passive thing. But so many people I talk to, they are passive in life. You know, there are a lot of men that I talk to who are in their young 20s. They're just passive. They're just going through life, seeing what's going to come next. They're not actively working towards that intentional goal that we just talked about. You know, they're trying to survive. They're not trying to thrive. And so I'm just wondering, like, for you guys, 
I know I have been like, discouraged in talking to some of these gentlemen and just like, part of me wants to just shake them and be like, get it together. <laughs> You're missing out on what life can be like as a mature Christian man, yada, yada. But I don't know, like, what do you, what, what do you guys think? Have you encountered that in your times of discipleship with people? Two things come to mind for me. And, and one, one is we, Charlie touched on on Sunday is, is isolation. Men historically, we, we have this, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like a default MO to isolate. We, I mean, we look at, we look at some of the maybe more, more most successful people in the world. And what, what do we say about, about so, someone who's maybe had these great successes as, as like a businessman, we say he's a self-made man. Right. And a lot of times we say it with this, this tone of like admiration, but, but really it's, it's, there's something that's, there should be a sadness and regret in that. It means that like somebody, somebody's just been slugging it out on their own and somehow they figured out how to master this one area of their life on their own. Um, But, but when you look at this picture that we've been painting over the last couple of weeks with this together series of the body of Christ and how God has designed it to operate. You see that it's in, it's, it, it does, it's not compatible <laughs> with this thing of isolation. So that's the first thing that comes to mind. And then, you know, the, the other thing that comes to mind is just, um, I think as men, we have this tendency to be passive. Do you guys agree? Yeah. yeah and, and you could even trace it all the way back to, in the garden, you know, um, if you read that text where the fall of man, you know, Eve was deceived. That was, you know, and, and she walked into that sin. But if you, if you kind of zoom, zoom in on it, like Adam's sin was that he, he just idly stood by and just let it happen. He didn't intervene. He didn't, uh, you know, face, face the, the, the conflict head on and like step in and, and, and step in the gap, you know? And, you know, I'm reading this, this really great book called Fathered by God right now. And, um, it's by John Eldridge. And basically it just talks about, um, the heart of God as our father and the, the journey of, of, of godly biblical masculinity, masculinity that God wants men to go on. And what happens is for a variety of reasons, this process of growth, this journey that these different stages, they get interrupted they, they're, they're incomplete. They're, we kind of, we just stop, you know, we stop growing, we stop going through the different processes. And what you end up with is like little boys in like the bodies of men, you know, walking around the world, like in leadership roles. And the book is all about how God wants to father us, you know, through that and fill in the gaps and like take us on, you know, complete the journey. And, um, it's just been so powerful and, and, and it's been really, really good for me. Um, and so I just think like it, 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 if you're a man and you're listening, this stuff about growth that we were talking about from, uh, from Ephesians four, it, it's, there's a, um, like we've been talking about, there's, there's a design from, from the father. He, he has these different, like, you know, stages that he wants us to walk through as men. And we have to get over our, our, those two MOs of like isolation and passivity. We got to, we got to push through that because it's not, it's incongruent with God's design. Yeah. Love that. Love those insights. You know, I'm, I'm reminded again, as we, you know, remember Paul's words to Timothy, you know, first Timothy four twelve. you know, um, do not let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech and life and love and faith and purity. You know, and so that that's our command. I, I, I remember, you know, working with high school students, and there was always some high school students that dreaded graduating from high school. And you know why? No. Because then they, they were going to be looked on as adults. And they're like, I don't want, I don't want that responsibility, you know. Now, fortunately, you know, here with with you know the leadership in high school ministry, you know that that, that we have that's that's not the the majority. A lot of them are are chomping at the bit, 
you know, but there's always those, that, that few that say, I don't, I don't want to be now known, you know, as this one who needs to be a contributor. You know, I, I, I like being able to, to get away with, oh, I'm just a kid, you know, (laughs) all those kind of things. Right. But I tell you, Sean, I'm glad you brought this up because, you know, that passage in 413, you know, makes us realize that, you know, we gotta, we gotta own this, you know, we've got to, we've got to embrace, you know, this idea of, of manhood. And I love what you're saying, you know, Dan, um, I, I hate to hear it, but it, but you're calling it out, you know, um, men who behave like boys who pay taxes, right. you, you know, and just kind of going through the motions and, you know, let's just say it like it is, you know, spending, you know, hours a day playing video games, mm. you know, or looking at porn or, or whatever it may be and thinking, wait a minute, you, you're, you're not married yet, you know. Are you just going to wait for this girl to show up? And then you'll flip the switch? (laughs) Exactly. And then instead of saying, no, now is my time, you know, to prepare, get another job. You know, it's not cheap to live in California, you know, and I, and I, I, I watch what some of these guys are spending their money on and then they get married and they're going to, you know, support a wife and a family and, you know, those kind of things. I'm like, man, this is a time to be productive and, and, and invest in, and things that you can, that you won't be able to, you know, at a later point in life. And, and man, we want these, these girls to see these guys that are like motivated and, and, you know, I, I talked to, you know, guys recently that said, oh man, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got this, you know, online dating thing on lockdown. I'm like, really? Like, yeah, I can, I can simultaneously date multiple girls at one time so I can speed up the process Oh my gosh! and find the right one. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, multiple, multiple, multiple dates throughout the week. All I have to do is lie. <laughs> or, or not even lie because like right. the girls know it, the oh, guys know the, it. Wow, they don't even so care. and they're like, "You're a boomer, bro. You don't get it. This is oh. how you know Gen Zs, millennials. This is how we do it now. You wow. know, we we kind of date multiple girls simultaneously. And I'm sure the girls say the same thing. Thing, wow. you know, we can date. And I'm like, have you heard of something called godly integrity? You know, or, or not stirring up jealousy? And they're like, no, they, they don't care. They don't. They honestly don't care. And I'm like, so. If a girl asked me, you know, if I was going to see someone else that week, I'd say, no, I'm, I'm investing in getting to know you. I want you to be the person that I am, I'm getting to know to determine whether or not there's, there's something here between us, you know, and if there's not, then we'll move on, you know, but, but this idea of like multiple people simultaneously yeah. I, it just is so problematic in so many ways, but it the culture is just applauding these kinds of you know ideals that a mm. lot of you know a lot of young people especially are embracing, and it undermines not only their own growth but then their contributions to the overall you know benefit of the body of Christ. Well, and that's why I think it's so important for us to, like Charlie was challenging with us on Sunday, to to not be isolated because we could have these blind spots like this, this guy could think, well, what's wrong with this? You know, like there's all these justifications, right? But when we li- are living life together in community, all of a sudden those things, like there's nowhere to hide, you know, like, and people can help us, you know, like we talked about um, last week, like there's a teaching and admonishing, you know, that happens when we, when we love each other in in community, when we live life together that cannot happen when we're by ourselves. Yeah. And just, I want to make a quick point, you know, this idea of community and fellowship, that's not like a one-stop shop to fix all of your problems. Even when you're with community, there's still a level of, of personal conviction and personal discipline that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Your, your brothers in Christ will, like you said, Dan, teach and admonish. They'll help keep you accountable you know, hopefully they'll, they'll call you out and in a loving way, judge you when you're sinning, you know, but still with that, there has to be a personal on a, on a heart level desire to honor Jesus with the way you're living your life. That has to happen. And just, just two quick things that came to mind, you know, I just wanted to point out, Tim, your story about the online dating thing. Uh, I hate that <laughs> with a passion. Uh, I think it's a breeding ground for Satan's influences. And, you know, one of the books, I'm reading a lot of books right now, um, 
aimed at parenting and fatherhood and all that good stuff. And one of them, I, I think I've already said this on the podcast, but it's Family Driven Faith by Vody Bakum. And one of the things he says about modern American dating, particularly online dating, is that it is quite literally in like actual tangible ways, practice for divorce culture. You know, you're teaching yourself to say, I'm going to shop around for the right person that fits this exact description of what I'm looking for, try it out. And then if either they don't meet all my expectations or things are harder than I expected to, I'm just going to un, un, unswipe right. I'm going to unlike, unfollow, ghost them, whatever it is. And all you're doing is teaching your heart how to not love a woman the way God designed it. All you're doing is ensuring that when you actually do find that person that God has chosen for you and you do get married, that when things get hard, which they inevitably will, because that's our path for growth, (laughs) when they get hard, your base instinct is going to be to run or your base instinct is going to be to question what's wrong with this person across from me. Oh, how did I pick the wrong person? So thank you, Vody Bakken, for slapping those people on the wrist because that's not... uh, And absolutely, I just want to say... So many people have amazing, godly, incredible marriages, and they met online. You know who you are out there if you're listening. We're not at all speaking about you. We're talking about people who have this mentality of just shopping around with their their love life, shopping around with their hearts. And whether you're trying to or not, I just want to say, you men out there, you're, you're causing damage. You're causing damage to yourself as a man of God. And you're causing damage to women in your care for them. So those are my two cents on that thing. And it's on that note, I just want to say, (laughs) yeah, thank you. I just want to say, you know, Dan, you talked about Melinda's wedding. And on that note, because of that, you know, we've all officiated weddings, the three of us. And man, it is so uplifting. It is so satisfying and encouraging for me to be able to fulfill that role of of officiating someone's wedding, of blessing their marriage, of, of encouraging them along in that. You know, there's a different book I'm reading by Vody Bauckham. Casey Gantel, I like the guy. Um, but, you know, he wrote, he wrote this book about what he must be, and it's about talking about, you know, a man of God wanting to get married. And in that, he talks about, you know, what a man should be expecting in marriage. And really, he, he calls men out. You know, Vody does this a lot. He really calls men out and tries to get him to step up. But he says that a young man who's, who's worthy of this wife needs to understand these things. You know, he, he, he must know the weight he is taking on his shoulders and be willing to accept it. He must be a man who's willing to endure hardship for the sake of his family should he be called upon to do so. And with that, I just love this, this picture of a man who is stepping up to the plate. This picture of a man who is saying, yeah, this may be hard for me. But I'm not going to run from that. I'm going to step up to the plate and accept that because that's what God's calling is for me. And it's because of that, man, this one of the greatest joys in life, I think, is being able to officiate a wedding and, and before God and before people affirm these two that, yeah, this man who was a child is now ready to step up to that and, and, and fulfill manhood and husbandhood in that way. So with that said, um, Dan, you mentioned isolation and Again, that's so key for us to be able to have accountability, for us to not um, be alone and kind of drift into a bad mental and heart space. And so, yeah, I guess with that, like, what are some ways you think that people can know if they're isolated? You know, because we were talking a little bit before the podcast today, and it's just so common that people don't even know what they don't know. You know, they don't know that they're not getting these things they need. They, they, If you ask them, they might say, oh, I'm not isolated, you know? got my family, these people I check in with, and these people that I talk to. So what do you guys think? What are some other tangible ways that people can really ask themselves, am I engaging with the body of God the way that I'm supposed to be doing? Yeah. When, when, again, questions to have in our arsenal, um, you know, and, and not to call people out, but to, to, to challenge people to think, how, how has the body of Christ benefited from my contribution this past week? You know, how has the body of Christ benefited from my contribution ever? <laughs> you know what I mean? And just yeah. thinking yeah. through that, like, is there is there is there any, you know, tangible kind of ways that we can identify? And again, if they say, man, I don't, you know, and then they just kind of come and say, hey, that's okay. But now let's figure out an answer. You know, how can the body of, of, of Christ benefit from your contribution? You know? The variety, you know, to the to our gifts, our contributions, you know, contribute to unity. 
And so we all, more than ever, we all need to be aware of that. So that's just one, one question we can ask. It's fantastic. I mean, we could look at all of those things. Charlie has this, this header on the notes that says how, how God's design works. And there's four different things. And each of those will, if you, if you do some introspective thought on, on those issues, it'll, it'll bring some clarity to, to this question. Am I isolated or not? And I love, I love Charlie's analogy of, of the bunk bed, you know, and, um, man, I've, I've been the victim of a, a couple of shady Craigslist deals myself, um, like that, but just the, the whole, uh, you know, idea of like God's design is that there are no extra like nuts and bolts. There are no extra like screws to the bunk bed. Like every single piece of hardware contributes to the building up of the bed and the sturdiness of the bed. And so I love just thinking about it in terms of that is, man, am I, if, if I'm isolated, then the, the church is not as sturdy as it could be, right? It's a little wobbly if, if, a, if a lot of the screws are, are, are missing, right? And if you just look at that first one, you know, from the, that Charlie took from verse 15 is the issue of our connection to Christ. And I wonder if you guys agree with this, that there's a direct correlation between our, um, how bought in we are to, to this whole issue of, of loving and growing and serving together and our connection to Christ, right? There's, there's this correlation that go hand in glove. So the more that we are plugged into Christ as the head, like Paul says in, in verse 14, or you can go back to John 15, uh, you know, I am the vine, you are the branches, Jesus said. If you're connected to me, you're going to bear much fruit. If you're not connected to me, you're going to wither and die. So there, there's a direct correlation between our individual, um, you know, abiding in Jesus and our contribution to the design of the church. And if if one of those things is, is I, I would say like they can point to each other, right? So if, if I'm noticing that I'm not really bought in or contributing or, or, or serving or growing together, well, then maybe there's something off with my connection to Christ, right? And if I'm not connected to Christ, maybe there's something off with my, with my, how bought in I am to God's design. So that might be something to look at just on that issue of isolation. You know, are you, are you isolated in your connection to Christ? Are you, are you trying to go at it on your own? If so, then you're probably isolated in terms of the community and vice versa. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, you know, uh, one tangible way besides that too is, you know, Charlie pointed our eyes and our attention to, to Hebrews 10 and just some of the instructions for followers of Christ. And one of them is, is hey, let us consider how to stir one up in love and good works and not neglecting to meet together. So just, hey, are you meeting with people? And not, hey, yeah, I go and, and grab a beer with my buddy or go watch a movie, but are you meeting in intentional ways for the purpose of development, for encouragement, for, for studying God's word together, that kind of stuff? Um, that's really the one of the platforms that some of this personal accountability and personal encouragement and growth is going to happen. And just as I'm reading through Hebrews 10 right now, just, just a quick note, you know, it goes on to say after that that high note and this encouraging one another, all the more as we see that the day of of Christ coming drawing near, it goes on to say that speaking about those who sin deliberately after receiving knowledge, it says that a fury of fire that will consume adversaries awaits. And so, <laughs> you know, just take that take that for what it's worth. That clearly God has strong feelings regarding people who have heard the truth and choose to do otherwise. People who, who know what Christ has called them to do, um, but aren't being active in, in following those commands. Yeah, and we talked about this Sunday, but pandemics do not justify isolation. You know, quarantine doesn't justify isolation. It just calls us to be more creative, perhaps, in how we are united as the body of Christ. But I think for some folks... They've just kind of shut down, you know, and said, oh, well, we're, we're under quarantine. We're in a pandemic. Therefore, 
for the greater good of the community, we have to isolate. And that is not true at all. We just have to find ways to do it and still care for one another in the process. Yeah. And and I think, you know, another thing too, just to think about on that is, yeah, sometimes we, if we're not really evaluating to your point, Sean, the, the quality of the interaction we're getting, you know, so, sometimes we're, we're like, yeah, you know, I, I, I play golf with, with my buddy, you know, once a week and, um, you know, I'm part of this, this, uh, this small group that meets, but it's just all kind of fluff or hanging out, you know, or, 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 you know, I'm not isolated. I, I see people at work every day, you know, or I've got my family or whatever, but so, so quantity isn't, isn't, that's not the ticket, right? There's a certain quality of connection and fellowship that we're talking about that is going to facilitate growth. And I think if we started to just really evaluate the interactions we're, we're having with people and just to, just to ask that simple question, like, is this actually helping me to, um, to, to, to be built up? Is it, is it doing what, what Paul's talking about in verse 16? Like when the, when, when each part is working properly, it makes the whole body grow up so that it builds itself up in love. Just ask yourself, is that happening when I have, when I go for a beer with my buddy, is that happening when, you know, uh, on the golf course or whatever? Because I think, um, I don't know. I just think that's, a, that's an important, we need to evaluate. hundred percent. And I just, you know, quick note, this is obvious, but of course those things are important. You know, of course, friendship and love and having fun together, those are all things that are important. That's what Jesus did with his disciples. Of course, we need to have a balance of those things. But like Dan said, if that's all you got, maybe it's time to just take a take a look. And, you know, I know this is vulnerable and this is uncomfortable sometimes, but maybe we just want to encourage some of you if you're listening and, and that fits the bill for you with some friendships or small groups, just send a quick text and, hey, maybe we can start our time off by praying together or even just little things, um, little little intentional movements. Again, intentionality moving towards the goal of a fullness of in Christ. And it doesn't have to be compartmentalized where it's like, okay, you know, on Tuesdays we, we, we play tennis and we hang out and we just go get a meal. Um, and then on Wednesdays, that's when we do like the discipleship, you know, mm. it's like, just roll, <laughs> roll it into everything, you know, like just, I would love it if more and more we move toward, towards this culture at VBC where it's like, this is just how we operate. Like in whatever we're doing, you know, we're, we're, we're just, we're asking these questions that, that Tim is saying to have in our toolbox. It's just a culture. Like it's expected. We, that we have this shared language and idea and purpose that, we, we want to grow and, and, and push each other towards that no matter what we're doing. Yeah, it was at a birthday party and, you know, a bunch of believe, all believers, you know, all people who claim to be believers were there. And, you know, could have very easily just been get together, you know, eat some food, you know, sing happy birthday, cake, you know. Totally fine. Totally fine. Gifts. Right. Everyone's out. Um, and someone brings up, hey, why don't we spend just a minute— just, you know, sharing one way that we are grateful, you know, for, you know, the, the birthday boy. One way that mm. God has enhanced our lives through his contribution, you know, to, uh, to us. And it was this beautiful, you know, kind of opportunity, and it was fun and meaningful. And we left thinking, man, w- what would it have been like if we had not done that? What a what a loss, you know, it would have been. And I think more and more just thinking on, on those kind of terms, like how can we how can we salvage, you know, something that and not that it's always, you know, wrong to just get together and have a casual time, but but if that becomes the norm and that's the only way we spend time with other believers, then we're missing out on this beautiful opportunity to to bless and be blessed. Man. Amen. Um, and I feel like we've hit, hit a lot of nails on on the pod today, but really great ones. And just a quick note to all you listeners out there, um, particularly to all you women out there. I know that we've talked a lot on this episode about manhood and men and young men and all that kind of stuff. But uh, spoiler alert, it's because we're all men. <laughs> so that's, that's what we know. It's what we live. So we're not going to presume to talk about the intimate details of, of womanhood. However, I will say... These commands that we're seeing in Ephesians 4, they're not directed at men. They're directed at the people of God. And so you too, 
if you go through and look at this list, the, those six things that we see, ask yourself, am I experiencing these things? Am, am I doing these things? And if not, what are some ways that I can, um, again, make intentional steps towards that fullness in Christ uh, in these ways? Man, you gents, I feel really encouraged by you both and challenged, if I'm honest, um, thinking about my role as a husband and as a father-to-be. Um, mm. So thank you for that. And then both of you, any ending things you want to leave people with? Nuggets. Yeah, just just please spend time this week looking at that discussion question number one that Charlie gave us. And again, you can always go just to vbc.online to get these these notes but it just says, what are the reasons people may isolate? But but make it personal. What are the reasons that I tend to isolate? And what 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 happens when I do that? What is the result of that isolation? How have I seen it play out in my life? Because if we can get to this point where where we uh we just kind of like remove that as an option, you know, it's like I'm just not gonna let myself get into that place. I, I know that that is not the design that God has for my life. Then we can start to walk in, in these things that we see in Ephesians four. But I really think it starts with just that personal evaluation and, and just really praying through some of that, some of those, um, those tendencies we have. And, and let's just, let's be a people that uh, do this together. And when we fight it, isolation, and when we become contributors, it's a win-win-win. Win-win-win. Mm. God gets glory. Other believers are encouraged, and and we are blessed. You know, it is a win-win-win for us. You know, and I love how the passage that Charlie was reviewing wraps up. When each part, this is verse sixteen. When each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So be a part of the win-win-win team. You know, God gets glory. Other believers, you know, are are encouraged. And we are blessed when we are being contributors to what, what the body of Christ, you know, can look like. Preacher, brother. All right, guys. Well, hey, one last note. Um, if, if this is you in some ways, if you feel like you've been isolated or you do what we were telling you to do and you, you come to that conclusion, hey, I am actually isolated. You're not alone in this. You know, you can reach out to any of us. You can email Sean at vbc.online, email Tim at vbc.online, email Dan at vbc.online, and we'll help you get connected. You know, we, we want to, in our roles as well, have an active role in, in making sure that this engagement happens with our people. And that Alongside with that, if you have prayer requests, same emails. Send them to us. We'll make sure that staff prays for you. We we love you guys, and we're doing our best to, to stay connected and care for you f- during these these crazy times. So, again, thank you for your um, your faithfulness in listening. If you've been here for the whole Dirty 30, <laughs> thanks for your uh, inquisitiveness. If this is your first time, either way, we hope that God used it to, again, help you to see Christ more fully uh, in your day, in your week, and in your life. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Peace. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.